Let's come and grab our seats. Um, for those of you who <clears throat> don't know what a, a normal Sunday looks like at Foundation Church, we don't usually stop halfway through and have a refill, by the way. This is because we're on summer mode, all right? Uh, so next time you'll have to sit down prepared at the start of the service um, and an extra large coffee or something to, to get you through the sermon. But um, uh, hopefully you'll not need that today. Um, uh, we're going to uh, speak together on the subject of, of giving, and, and, and the reason why we're, we're sort of taking a few moments to, to step aside from the discipleship explored, but we'll pick that up next week again, um, is because, as Neil's mentioned, as we sort of gave a bit of a heads up last week, um, we're going to have a, a special offering next Sunday, a special gift, gift day um, at Foundation Church. Uh, we'll, call it, we'll call it a special offering, um, and, and really it's a, an opportunity for, for those of you, particularly if you call Foundation Church your home, um, to, to contribute to what feels like quite a momentous you know, uh, stage in our, in our life um, as a church and uh, actually momentous, we think, as well for the community around us. Um, and so um, that's what we are going to be doing next Sunday. Um, but what I wanted to do today is really to try and lay some of the groundwork uh, about that. And I think we need to, first of all, listen to, to God's opinion on giving and listen to his voice. Um, before it comes from me, let's, let's hear what God has to say. And, and what we're going to be reading together is a section from the Old Testament, Exodus 35 and 36, um, of, a, of a group of people, the people of Israel, who were called by God, sent out on mission by God, and they were invited to generously contribute to that mission of God. So we'll read together. I've printed out the verses on those little white sheets on your seat. And you can follow along in your own uh, Bible if, if you want. It's really down to you. Uh, but you'll notice as we go through, we're not reading every single uh, section. Um, you can go back and, and read that yourself at your own leisure if you wish. Um, but on the verses, on the, on the little sheet, you've got all the verses we are looking at this morning. So we're going to start together at Exodus chapter 35 uh, from verse 4. This is God's word. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twisted linen. Goat's hair, tanned ram skins and goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and stones for setting the ephod and for the breast piece. And down to verse 20. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, everyone whose spirits moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting, and for all its service, and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart, brought brooches, earrings, signet rings, and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns or fine linen or goat's hair or tanned ramskins or goatskins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution. And everyone who possessed acacia wood of any use in the work brought it. And every skilled woman spun with her hands, and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twisted linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them used their skill, uh, spun goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and the breastpiece and spices and oil for the light and the anointing oil and, the, in, uh, and for, the, for the fragrant incense. 
and all the men and women of the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work of the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done it as a free will offering to the Lord. And then down to chapter 36, verse 3. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning, so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, the people are bringing much more than enough for doing the work the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, the word was proclaimed throughout the camp, let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. This is God's word. Amen. We're going to look through these verses together um, and really just sort of scan, scan them uh, because there's much they can teach us and you know, we, could, we could go back and do another three sermons on this. We're not going to, don't worry. Um, but I just want to pull out four things that I think are going to really help us and propel us um, as we prepare ourselves for, for a special offering next Sunday. Uh, and so we're going to be thinking quite, quite simply under four headings. Number one, what should we give? Uh, number two, who should give? Number three, why should we give? And number four, how should we give? Super practical, I hope. What, who, why, and how? And hopefully at the end of this, you'll, 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 you'll try and get some of the framework in place that will uh, aid you as you go and pray and, and think this week coming about what, how you should respond. Um, we've just read uh, for this section, and we've jumped into halfway through, I suppose, the book of Exodus. Well, two-thirds of the way through. And the background to the story so far is that God um, has freed his people from slavery uh, in Egypt. They're under oppression for many years. Um, and he, he, he freed them through the ministry of Moses, remember that, and all the plagues and all that stuff. And eventually they came out of Egypt and they were being led to the promised land. They were led by Moses. And, and, and pre, uh, prior to this passage here, Moses has just been up Mount Sinai. He has met with God. He has stood in God's presence on the top of the, of the mountain while the people uh, in fear look, you know, stood way back from the mountain looking and hearing thunder but couldn't see anything else and, and, and smoke. And there was Moses receiving the law of God, the, the way that God chooses to interact with his people, how he will make himself present, and how they shall respond to him through worship, and how they should live their lives in accordance. That's the giving of the law. In essence, God is saying, I am your God, and you are my people. I am your God, and this is what I am doing for you. I'm freeing you, I'm, I'm saving you, and you are my people. This is how my saved people will live in response to what I've done for them. And the section then we are reading uh, today and we're thinking about specifically is the contributions for the tabernacle, the, the tent of, uh, where God uh, would, 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 would put his special presence among his people, where sacrifices would be offered, and, and where people could come and, and, and uh, in some ways uh, worship God and, and hear his voice. That was all taking place in the tabernacle, the place where God specially dwelt among his people. It was a tent because it had to be mobile. They were moving around until they finally took up residence in the promised land. So what should we give? Um, and as, even, even if we just scan these verses together, maybe this is the first time you've read them, it is clear that God, in this situation, God expects the, the resources for the tabernacle construction to come from his people. 
Um, he's expecting the resources to uh, put this stuff together based on what they already have, what he has already given them. Uh, it's not going to drop into their lap like manna, you know, that fell from the fell from their heavens and sort of covered the ground. That wasn't going to happen with 20 quid notes and they're just going to gather it all up and here we have the money. Not at all. It was what was in their hands already. It wasn't going to come from other people. It was going to come from God's own people. And so in, in verses 4 through 9, the first section of our reading, uh, we had a, a list of, of some of the things that were needed uh, to construct this beautiful, exquisite um, tabernacle. Uh, maybe if we call, call it a tent, it sort of undermines a little bit about what it, what it was like. It was a grand, a wonderful, a beautiful thing um, that had to be, as I say, um, portable at the same time. So the list gives the people what they should give. And, and you know, again, a quick scan will show that's costly, exquisite gifts, whatever each person had or, or, or could, could give. Everything from gold through to silver, bronze, um, expensive fabrics, that was all there, precious stones. These, these, these are cherished items, right? Expensive stuff. And, and of course, on one level, of course it's going to be expensive, of course it's going to be sacrificial and costly, because it's going to be used for the worship of, of God. Right? Uh, it's going to be used in some ways to display the glory of God to the people and to the nations that, that look. Of course it's going to be costly and beautiful and amazing because it's the place where God will meet his people. Of course it was going to cost them. There's two uh, fundamentals, I think, when, when it comes to uh, giving and, and how we should understand our role in giving and, and, and giving, um, particularly in a sort of church context. There's two fundamentals of this. Number one, our giving is to the Lord. When you give, you are giving to the Lord. It says in verse 5, for example, take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever's of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Right? It's, it's, it's not, therefore, to Moses. It's not for the leadership team. And a foundation church is not for me, it's not coming to me. I don't, I don't take any money from the church. I'm, I'm, I'm voluntary in that sense. I, I, all that is to say that, that, that any giving that we do, in any form, is it, it, to the Lord, it's to God, right? It's, it's, it's to his work, it's to his glory, it's to his mission, it's for his worship. That's how we use it. And elsewhere in, in, in scripture, um, we see that actually giving itself is an act of worship. Yes, we sing songs. Yes, we take bread and wine. Um, but, but giving is another part of our expression of worship to God. It's our response to his generosity to us. We'll, we'll think a bit about that later on. So that's the first thing. The first fundamental is, is, is giving is to the Lord. The second fundamental um, is, is that our giving will look different for each person. It will look different for each person. Look at the list. There's variety, isn't there? Some are able to give gold. Probably some of the most costly things that they had at their disposal at that time. Some are able to give gold. Others were able to give bronze. Some could give expensive purple yarn, others goat's hair. And now I don't know the difference between those things, you know, the, the exact uh, point, but you've got expensive yarns on one hand and then some rough old goat's hair. Um, you know, there, there is a differentiation. For some, silver. For others, olive oil. Precious metals or everyday stuff. Some within the community could manage much. Others a much more humble offering. But again, the second fundamental and the point I want to get to is that our giving will look different for each of us. 
So don't look at the person next door to you or the person sat in front of behind and think of what they're able to dig out of their pockets. It's not about comparison. It'll look different for you. And elsewhere in scripture, again, Jesus teaches us that the giving is very much a, com a commentary on our hearts. It's a commentary on the, the very deepest parts of ourselves. And he, he points, do you remember, to the, the few pennies that the old widow was able to put into the offering. A few pennies in monetary value were worth absolutely nothing at all, uh, relatively speaking. And yet that was all she had, and she wanted to give that. Whereas those who gave out of their excess in the temple courts, um, it didn't hurt them, it didn't cost them too much. And Jesus points out that her offering of the two pennies are worth so much more in the sight of God than those who are able to bring tens of thousands or whatever they have. So our giving, our giving will look different for each person. Next Sunday, um, as I mentioned, we're having our, our giving day, our, our special offering day, and that's an invitation for all of us, um, all of us to, to give. And of course, we're not, we're not building a tabernacle that would look a bit odd in Clarewood, it has to be said, with goat's hair. Um, we are, however, um, renovating our building. We're, we're having a building renovation project starting tomorrow, actually. Um, and it's not the tabernacle, but in some ways it's like the tabernacle, because we want this place to be a place where God meets his people. Uh, we want this place to be a place where God is, is worshipped. We want this to be a place where, where we are established in mission that we are sent out from here, having been filled up to be sent out. We want this place to be a place of, of transformation where the nations or the local residents look and say, there's something about you people. Something that I want, there's a person here. I want to meet, I want to know. That's what we want. So what should we give? First point. Second thing then is, who should give? Who should give? Is it all of us? Is it you? Is it, is it everyone, everyone but you? Um, well, the, te the text um, gives, gives us a clue, doesn't it, about who should give. It is not a tax here. And it's not a, a, an obligation that everybody has to engage in this. It's not that you have to, according to God, in, in this section here. It, it's because you are invited to and you're allowed to. And it says in verse 5, for example, look at that. Whoever among you um, is of a generous heart. That's the person who should give. Or in verse 21, everyone or everyone whose heart stirred him or her. Everyone whose spirit moved him or her. Or in verse 22, all who were of a willing heart. In verse 29, whose hearts moved them. You can, you can get the picture here, can't you? The sort of people that God is calling to give and contribute to his mission. It, it, we, we get to give when our hearts are stirred. Not because we have to, but because we want to. And because we need to. It is good for us, but it, we get to do this. We get to be involved, as Israel did, in this crucial stage in their history, building a tabernacle, us too. And so as you, as you take this home with you this morning, and, and please do take the, the Bible verses away with you, listen again to the, to the recording. Um, as you process this call to generosity that God is, 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 is issuing us as a community, as you, as you pray it through, as you ask God how he wants you to respond, what he's calling you to give, according to this section here anyway, there should be no sense of reluctance or obligation 
In fact, I would go as far as to say, if that's how you feel when it comes to the subject of giving on a special giving day, then please don't give. God, God wants this, and God loves a cheerful giver. Hearts are stirred, spirits stirred. If it's in your heart, then you can give. But look, look at the results, and this is how you know. <laughs> look at the results when, when, when a stirred and passionate and generous people who hear the call of God, um, when they start to pour out their resources, look at verse uh, chapter 36, verses 3 through 7. And um, you've got this scenario where you've got these sort of uh, the chief designers, the architects, the artists. Uh, they are busy receiving these contributions. You can just imagine it probably comes, uh, you know, first of all, in sort of drips and drabs, and then a few more people turn up, and a few more people, and a few more people. Then the whole village sort of appears, you know, with their, their sort of combined offerings. Free will offerings, it says there, every morning. But in verse 4, it says that the craftsmen actually had to stop doing their work. Why is that? Because it says here, the people, quote, the people bring much more than enough. <laughs> They're getting in the way with their generosity. And we can't get on with our work. There's too much stuff pouring in here. In fact, it got so uh, good or bad, depending on which way you look at it, that, that Moses had to issue a command to say, please stop giving. But it says the people were restrained from giving. Can you imagine that? Having to bring in security. Stop giving. Thank you, but please stop. It just gathers pace, doesn't it? You know, generosity does that. It sort of catches fire. It's momentum. We all sort of uh, chime off of each other. They had to say stop. That's what happens when a group of people are stirred in their hearts and in their, their minds. When they get the opportunity to play a significant part in the, in the moment that God has them in their history. So who should give those whose hearts are stirred, those who have a generous spirit? Do you have a generous spirit? Is your heart stirred for what God is doing among us? Third point then. <clears throat> Why should we give? Where is the stirring coming from? Um, is it just something that as religious people we all get together and get a bit jumpy and bouncy and sing some songs and oh, we're all stirred up? It might be. If those songs are great, then perhaps that's part of it. Why should we give them? Where does the stirring... Well, what stirs us to give? To get to that place where we have a stirred heart and a stirred spirit. Well, Israel... They, 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 I suppose they looked, they looked in two different directions, and that's where the stirring came from. First of all, they, they looked back. They looked back and realised who they are and, and, and what God has done to save them from slavery. It would be ringing in their ears. We're talking about a few weeks or possibly months uh, from when they had this amazing, miraculous, people-shaping experience when they came out of slavery and were tasting and, you know, freedom for the first time. God saved them from Egypt. There they were stuck. There they were enslaved. There they were powerless. God saved them, he stepped in, he delivered them from oppression, delivered them from darkness, he delivered them from sorrow and misery, because God is a God who is full of mercy, he loves his people, he loves to save his people. That's what he did. They looked back at that and that stirred their hearts, that loosened their hands from the purse strings. They said, 
God, if you have done that for us, if you have gone to the extent that you did to save us, then what can I withhold from you that you have not already given to me? They looked back and saw God's saving work. But they also looked forward because what we're reading here is a people in transit. They're on their way. They're on their way to the, the promised land, as it was called. A place where they could be free. Not like Egypt. They had no choice, no options there. A place of freedom, a place of peace, a place where God said to his people, I will be with you, you will be my people, I will be your God, I will be with you, you can worship me, you can enjoy me, I'll enjoy you, come and enjoy my gifts, come and live in a land uh, full of rich rich blessing, come and bring your families, come and plant your vineyards, come and set up shop, take fields, cultivate them, grow them, enjoy the fruits of your labours, enjoy the plenty that you will experience, enjoy my favour. And not only that, but other nations from outside the people of Israel were and would go on to look in on, on in awe and delight. And they would look and say, my goodness, your God is truly amazing. Look at what he has done for you. Can, can, can he be our God too? How, how can I know him? And so when they look back and when they look forward with hope and expectation, they are stirred. How are we stirred? We're not the people of Israel. How are we stirred? Very similar way, actually. When we look back, we're amazed at what God did in Egypt. But there's an even greater exodus, an even greater freedom. We're amazed at God's saving work to us in the gospel. God saved us from slavery. He saved us because we were stuck. We were enslaved. We were powerless. We were stuck in sin, which separates us from God. We were Stuck in spiritual darkness, which just brings nothing but death. We're stuck, estranged from God, serving hard and cruel masters. But then God came down to us in the gospel. He sent his son, who became one of us. And and Jesus, the son of God, didn't just join us in our darkness and misery, as, as amazing as that is in and of itself. But he came to take on our darkness and our misery and our enslavement on himself. He absorbed it on himself and dealt with it finally and fully through his cross, his death and his resurrection. And so we look, when we look back on the gospel, that, that event that happened in time and space in history, it stirs our hearts. It thrills us. We think, wow, he, he did that for me. He did that to save me. He came to dig me out of the the ditch that I was in. He came to give me new life and freedom and forgiveness and peace. Eternal relationship with God. Stirs our hearts. But when we look forward as well, we're stirred. Because the gospel has a historic component. It has that thing that happened 2,000 years ago. You can go back in a time machine and be there and see it. But also, we look forward to this ongoing work, this hope that we have of the future. This good news of Jesus and what he has done has implications like shockwaves that continue through our generation and to the next generation and to the generation after them. The good news of Jesus and his transforming love and his power, his forgiveness and his salvation, that changes hearts and minds, that changes families. 
It goes from city to city. It goes from estate to estate. Council estate to council estate. When the coming kingdom of the king is fleshed out, when it is applied, when it is enjoyed and understood, we get swept up in what God is doing and continues to apply the work of Jesus in our generation and beyond. So we look forward to that. And God has given us here at Foundation Church a very, a very clear mission. Here and now. To bring the gospel to Clarence. This, this, this transforming, life-changing message and its power. He has called us in this moment to bring this to the generation, to the residents around us. God says to us this morning, says to you, I am your God and you are my people. And I'm calling you to set up shop here, to plant yourselves down here, to worship me here, to enjoy me here, to demonstrate my glory, my love, my power, my goodness in this estate by how you do life together here. If this does not stir your heart, then don't give a single penny. But if this gets your heart racing, your pulse quickening for what God is calling us to, then I commend you to get down on your knees before him this week and say, Lord, I am yours. You have saved me. You have called me to participate in your mission. How do you want me to respond? What should we give? Our resources, whatever we have to hand. Who should give those whose hearts are stirred? Why should we give? Because when we look back and when we look forward, our hearts are stirred by what God is doing and has done. It's amazing. Finally then, fourthly, how should we give? Practical stuff coming up. Look at though at the text, uh, verse 20. You know, the call has gone out, the, the sermon has been preached. It says, then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. They all went home. They all, they all went away to think, to pray, to, to, to examine the, the, the accounts. And it says in verse 21, and they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him, everyone whose spirits moved, and they brought the Lord's contribution. If your heart is stirred, then may I, may I encourage you strongly this week, between now and this time next week, to determine between you and God what you can give. Um, if you're married, please speak to each other about this. Um, don't, don't try and uh, take decisions you know, uh, on your own, it'll just end in sorrow. Um, but yeah, please do speak, speak to one another about that. Let me offer you two uh, principles as you, as you come to prayer and as you, and, and, and as you ask God, uh, what, what way should you respond? Almost like, uh, I suppose, two rails of a train track. Uh, these will hopefully keep you from becoming derailed when it comes to the subject of money. Uh, the two rails are this, the two principles are this. Wisdom, you need wisdom, and faith. You need faith, you need both. Uh, when it comes to asking God what to do, 
how to respond, how much, uh, if anything, you're able to contribute, if your heart's stirring you to do that. You need wisdom. Wisdom to be wise about what God is calling you to do, not foolish, okay? Uh, we don't want you to place yourself, or anyone, in overwhelming debt, or, or, or to make commitments that you can't keep. So please, as you're thinking and praying and asking God, pray for wisdom. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Ask for wisdom. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. But the same Holy Spirit who gives wisdom is also the Holy Spirit who gives faith. The other track. You can't be without either. He will give you faith if you ask for faith. Because we are... A group of people who trust a God who has said to us in his word, I can do more than you ask or imagine. I can do more than you ask or imagine. And so faith trusts God at his word and says, you can do more than you ask or imagine with my money. You can give me boldness. You can give us boldness in our generosity. You can enable me to be sacrificial with my giving. Giving in some way that sort of uh, hurts Wisdom and faith. As I've been thinking about this myself personally, and as we've been talking, uh, Marion and I, it's clear that the sort of giving that we feel God calling us to is where we will deny ourselves something, forego something, in order for us to say yes to God and, and listen to his call. Uh, that's, that's sacrificial giving. But we trust a God who supplies and blesses, and that whatever we give will be abundantly replaced in some way or other. So wisdom and faith. Um, we, we, we actually have works underway. By the way, if you came to our, our work team yesterday, thank you so much uh, for helping and for other work teams we've had in the past as well. It's just been great that we've been able to come together and, and tidy up and prep and just haul stuff to the tip and, 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 and you know do bits and pieces, whatever was happening upstairs, and singing as well. I'm sure some work happening as well, it's amazing, but uh, lovely to hear. But we had a great time, um, and that was really all because we're preparing for, for, to, for tomorrow. We've got uh, some painters coming in, and they're going to um, paint, paint the whole building internally and, um, and make it look great and smell great. Uh, we've got plans for new flooring, uh, <coughs> God willing, for a new kitchen. Um, we want our kids' room to look great and just be a great space for our kids and kids from our, our local um, area as well to come uh, and enjoy and be together and hear about God uh, and give their lives to him. That's what we are praying and working for. Um, we would like some new lighting to upgrade bits and pieces. Um, all these things are, are not, uh, not merely cosmetic for cosmetics' sake. Um, I, hope, I hope you'll understand that. Um, we want our building, yes, of course, to be a place where we worship God, uh, we want our building to be a place where we can base our mission from. We want this to be a place of transformation. Um, we want this to be a place that is welcoming and comfortable. Uh, whether, whether we uh, like it or not, uh, buildings preach. Buildings say something. They either have a message uh, for, for good or, or, or not so good. And so we have to be aware of that. Maybe you're sitting thinking, <clears throat> well... The wheels are turning, you're starting to think, well, how, how, you know, how much should I give, and, and what do we need? And, um, I thought I would humbly submit to you and give you a target, something for us all as a community to shoot for. Um, 
We are um, going to target on our gift day to try and reach £10,000. It's quite a lot of money, isn't it? Just to know, so you know roughly where we're heading. This will enable us to complete our renovations here in the church. But beyond that, <clears throat> it will enable us to have funds available for ministry uh, as, we, as we launch in September, to host events, to practice hospitality, radical generosity, to bless our local community. As I said, it looks different for each of us. It looks different for each of us. Don't, don't forget, some are able to bring gold, others are able to bring bronze. For some of you, it'll be purple yarn, others, olive oil. Um, by the way, I don't mean literally to bring those things, but I do intend you to understand that, that, that what you may or may not be able to give as, a, as an individual or as a family will be different. My point I want to underscore here is it's not about comparison. God does not measure your value based on how much money you can throw into the hat. He measures your value because of what Christ has done for you. But this is an opportunity for us as a community to contribute to the significant moment that we find ourselves in here at Foundation Church, Belfast. And a significant moment, let's not face it, we believe for the Clarewood Estate. What God is doing here is not just for us at all, it's for <clears throat> the estate around us. So as I close out, let me give you three very practical ways um, that you can uh, respond um, next Sunday. Here they go. Number one, after taking all these things into consideration and praying and asking God, you decide that you want to give a one-off gift next Sunday, you can do that. That's your first option, if you like, to give a one-off gift next Sunday. How you do that is totally down to you. Um, if I may, you may choose to give with cash if you wish, checks, um, if anyone still uses those, um, but, but we, we do take them. Um, you, can, you, can, you can go online, uh, you can phone up your bank if that's something you can do, um, you can use our contactless giving terminal. There's all these options available. Um, on, on every other seat, there's one of these little envelopes here. Um, I've put these out, there's a few more at the back as well. Um, if you wish, and you can take those away with you and just give you a bit of a visual prompt about next Sunday. And there's the details on there as well if you wish to um, uh, give electronically or, or through the, the, the website, you can do that. Um, may I also encourage you, if you are um, a taxpayer, um, you are able, if you wish, to um, declare uh, a gift aid declaration, that means that we can, as a church, as a charity, claim an additional 25% on top um, of, of what you give. So, for example, if Neil uh, and Lindsay give us £100,000 next Sunday, very generous, um, and he signs the box to say, I want to give gift aid, we can claim another £25,000 back, so that would be wonderful. Just as an illustration, just as an illustration. Um, but, you know, as I say, uh, great or small, and if you're a taxpayer, we can have a little bit, bit back, which is, which is a, a great blessing. So one-off gift next Sunday, if that's, if that's what you can do. Uh, the second option then uh, might be that you're not in a position right now to be able to give um, for, for, for various reasons, um, but you can pledge. You can pledge a gift, if you wish. And how would you do that? Well, again, you, you, um, after 
seeking the Lord and praying and, and talking with, with family, etc. If you, if you want to give a gift but you can't do that right now, you, you can take this envelope home with you and, and put a note in there, a bit, bit of paper um, or something, and um, just say in that how much you're able to give and, and when you would roughly be able to, to give it. So either through installments or a future sum, if that, if that helps. Um, that means that you can participate in, in gift day and it helps us as a church to figure out um, what we have available, but um, it means that you, you've got a little time, a little wiggle room. By the way, if you do choose to pledge a gift, um, we're not going to chase you for it. Um, that, is, that is your, between you and God, um, and it's, uh, we, we, we just trust you um, uh, to, to uh, give, give that when, when it becomes available to you. Okay? So that's pledging, so one-off gift, a pledge. And the third option, if you wish to engage, but those first two don't work for you, um, is that you could then maybe think about increasing your regular giving. So if you are already regularly giving through a direct debit or a standing order um, to, to our church, first of all, thank you. Um, that is the, 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 the mainstay of our sort of financial supply as a church, is through the regular um, giving to our church. So thank you for that. Um, but perhaps just with your circumstances or whatever, rather than a lump sum, you may uh, resolve to possibly increase your regular giving if, again, that suits you, depending on your, your circumstances. So there's three options there. Um, and I suppose it's worth also saying, maybe this is a fourth option, I don't know, um, but sort of in brackets, if you are not in a position to give financially at all, um, that, that, that's, that's okay, that's totally fine. Um, or, or if you feel like you're not able to give as much as you would like, um, praise God, you have this desire to give and you have the stirring of the Holy Spirit and we love that. Um, but the text that, that we, we haven't really focused on as much on this occasion is, is, is that, that in the text it refers to craftsmen, it refers to skillful women, people who, can, uh, have, who have gifts and abilities, who can serve and give, um, perhaps not in a financial sense, but time and, and abilities and practical help, as many of you did yesterday as well. So that is another way um, that God wires us up and enables us to help and serve um, the church. So as, as, as Neil mentioned earlier on, whether it's uh, serving in the kids group once every other month, uh, creche, hospitality, any number of practical things, um, uh, we would love to, to hear about that. 